the metric system. I don't yeah. understand it. <laughs> Two meters Units is six 10. feet? Units of 10. That's all you need to know about metrics. Okay. What about it? Everything is measured. It's 10 centimeter or 10 millimeters is a centimeter. Okay. Everything's in tens. Tremendously helpful. <laughs> 28 grams is an ounce. I know that. So I can talk about first thought wrong. I had two Please. of them. Okay. And both of them have to do with breezy. Cool. Again? Can I, um, since I did just work so diligently on a definition for sobriety, can I do that? Yeah. Okay. So do it. Or do you want to okay. wait? Um, after first thought wrong. I'm just kidding. No, but they're about situations that me and you had. I love how, okay, so here's, here's what's so cool about recovery and about friends in recovery who become your family. Cause you're like my sister, right? And it's always like you poke me like, and I, and I believe and tell me if I'm not true <laughs> that you do it because you're so comfortable with me and you wouldn't do it with anyone else. But because you know, I'm going to love you. You're like, well, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I, I suppose on a subconscious level, yes. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, so there was this one day and you know, um I was I went to a meeting and I was I don't know if I was moderating or if I was teaching Lynn how to moderate. Um, and what that means is I was teaching her how to use Zoom. So if anybody came in and tried to like take over the meeting, we would bounce them out. And um when Bree does it, she's very technical technologically savvy and she's like a rock star and she could do it without any help with her eyes closed and her hands behind her back, you know? And, and so, um, I was in there and all of a sudden I hear Brie telling Chelsea stuff and I'm like, what is Chelsea? Like, what's going on here? And I'm just like, okay. And, and, um, there's a room full of people and we were sitting there and I was like, what's that? A Zoom room. A Zoom room full of people. Yeah. And Bree's like, well, why are you training Lynn? And I said, well, because, you know, we need to have a moderator and a chair. Well, I don't understand. And, and I'm like, okay. And then she goes, and then Bree goes, wait, what did you say? You said, well, it just doesn't make any sense. I don't know what kind of moron can't handle chairing and... <laughs> Aunt, wait, what did you say? Like, I would me. not have said moron. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> it was so I, close to that, though. Meanwhile, I'm going, but I don't have the host button to, to do it. <laughs> no, but what did you say? You said, I don't know what kind of idiot, or like, what did you say? Do you remember? I, I don't remember, just, but I wouldn't have I said think that. It was just what kind of person couldn't do this? Oh, yeah, yeah, well, I think that's yeah. You're like, well, who couldn't figure out how to do this and chair a meeting? Like, and I'm like, well, maybe we should talk about it offline. You're like, no, I don't understand. Why do you need two people? And I'm like, um, let's talk about it offline. And and you're like, fine, I'll call you. You just then, got a taste of what my parents had to go through for 28 years before <laughs> I moved out. Why? So I was like, I was like, why is she doing this to me? Why does she always do this to me? Like, I was so like, what do I do that? Like, what am I mean? Like, am I, did I hurt her feelings? Like, you know, I was like all thinking bad and then we talked and it was easy and fine. And I explained to you why we needed two people. And you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. But what was the problem? Like when you, you thought it was you, that was your first thought wrong. 
second thought, right. was like, I did not, I did not communicate with you that she was going to be, that Chelsea was going to be taking right. over for me. Right. But my, so, no, I had a, I had a thought wrong with that. I did. I had a like, well, why didn't anyone tell me that this was changing so that I could have put it on the schedule and, and, you know, and then I felt defensive, like, cause Lynn was sitting there and she had like this like weird look on her face. And I thought she and you had talked ahead of time and been like, Lynn was like, why do I even have to do this? And you were like, yeah, I'm going to tell Vicky you shouldn't. Like that's just all going through my head. But Lynn was just confused. You know, yeah, you were just a part of our conspiracy. Like totally. It I was thought you were personal. all ganging up on me and then I talked to you and you're like, oh yeah, I just asked Chelsea. And and then you're like, but why do you need two people? And I'm like, this is why. And then you're like, oh, that makes sense. And you yeah. know, because- Chelsea really wasn't comfortable with it. Oh, she wasn't? Being just chair. I mean, oh. being chair and moderator. She only wanted to be just chair. Plus she wanted to go to the meetings and you know, with moderator, you need to kind of hang out in the, to bounce people. But actually you don't. I figured out how to do it where you don't awesome. have to. You can actually go to the meeting and you don't cool. have to stay in the room. But sometimes it's fun to stay in the room. Like that's what Brie, you kind of like that, right? Yeah. That's what I like to do. Yeah. yeah, I think it's fun to talk to people too. I like it. But, but that's off, you know, off um, topic because <laughs> Brie and Vicky very much have a sister-sister relationship where it, you can see Vicky's just trying to get her to understand her point of view. And Brie's going, why are you telling me about business? I know what I'm doing. <laughs> and I, I see the dynamic, <laughs> the dynamic of me and my sister for, you know, almost our entire lives. That's what I see with you two. Oh my God. It's so funny. And and I love it because it's so like honest. Like you're just like Vic. Like I, when that happened before, when we were at the, when we were at the workshop thing and you were like, oh, oh my God. God, this is fun. <laughs> <laughs> like, so what did, what should we do? And I'm like, I don't know. That's why I'm asking the question. That's why this is a team meeting, Brie, because we're trying to figure it out. <laughs> oh. oh my God. And I think I don't have control issues sometimes. <laughs> that's my disease. Like that's, that's a perfect example of my first thought wrong is like, but do you see where my head goes? Like my head goes to this whole, like, I mean, I had this whole thing, like you guys planned it and you were talking about it. And you yeah. guys were like, you were irritated. Lynn was irritated me because she had to do it. And Brie was irritated because I, she was trying to make it easy on everybody else. And I was making it difficult. So I, you know, I didn't know. Oh my God. It was so funny. So, but then we talk, see, here's the, okay. Here's the cool part. The cool part is, is once you communicate what's going on, then if everything is so much more simplistic. But just think, if we're stuck in our heads, and I mean, because in real life, that's what happens most of the time. Most people don't communicate like we do as alcoholics because we're trained mm-hmm. to do that, right? So that situation, let's say that could have easily happened at work because I remember Bree's like, how am I ever going to do do work? Like if I'm like that and I don't let people finish and I, you know, and I'm like, no, but it's a learning experience because when someone says, hey, let's talk about this offline, that just means let's not talk about this in front of everybody because it's embarrassing. We're both embarrassing ourselves. <laughs> I felt like I was embarrassing myself. I'm like, oh my God. I didn't want to say, because we have a bunch of morons. Um, (laughs) Maybe I just thought the moron thing. You definitely did. I would never say that. But I probably did insinuate like, well, I don't know what's so difficult to press a mute button. (laughs) So everybody, I'm Lynn. 
I'm Bree. I'm Vicky. And we, we are here. telling on ourselves. We are telling on ourselves. We sure are. <laughs> we just jumped right into that golden nugget. Thank you so much, Vicky, for sharing that awkward and awesome moment that you <laughs> that you fixed your way out of. You know, it's funny when um, I'm in the middle of those sometimes, and I don't. I'm not a good gauge of what my facial expression is all the time because I, I feel, you know, I'm honest. So pretty much what I'm thinking is what you're going to see on my face. And I, the things running through my head the whole time was, I just wish that they would show me where this host button is because it's not showing up and I feel stupid. And they're bickering about something that really could be dealt with later. Cause right now we've got 60 people in a room that just want to have a meeting. <laughs> so that's what was happening in my head. <laughs> But it all worked out and thank God, you know, I mean, we learned and we walked through it and I got to use my big girl voice and said, I got to stick to it and say, okay, let's talk about this. And I had all those feelings and then I got to talk about it with her and I got to share, find out what the truth was instead of what my brain created instead of the drama. Like that's what's so crazy about this disease. My, in 2.2 seconds, I created this huge scenario that had happened before you guys got on the call that never even happened. Oh, yeah. Um, I find that I do that when I'm insecure. So I was very insecure that day because it was the first time I was doing it. You said, oh, I'll just train you there. And I'm like, uh, you're going to train me in front of people. So I'm going to look stupid. So already not feeling good about any of this. <laughs> and then that jumped in. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to help. <laughs> This is service work should not be abuse. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I still, one of the things that I really struggle with is looking like I don't know what I'm doing. You know, go oh, Lord forbid that I don't know what I'm doing. And I really struggle with that. Brie, like you say, your control things. That's when I get crazy and controlling is when I feel like I look, I don't look, don't know what I'm doing. You know, that's probably a lot of people's fear too. Yeah. You know, now that I think about it, I'm like, yeah, that's the a big reason why I don't try a lot of new things and I stay in my safe comfort zone is because I don't want to look stupid. And it, when you're a beginner at something, you're probably going to just look a little silly or and people won't perceive you as that because they know you're new and beginning. But in our heads, we're just like mortified. Right. So. Well, we make it so much bigger than it needs to be. We create, like, like I did, we create this story this, this story of what other people are thinking. It's that whole thought process of, I know what you're thinking about me because, and when it boils down to it, it's because of what I tend to think about other people. Right. Which well, is a character defect. Ugh. Yeah. And we all do that thing where when, you know, when they say someone is not nice to you, understand that what they're giving to you is what they're what they have inside and that's the that's the lesson I need to remind myself of all the time is that when I'm feeling like a person's being a certain way to me it has nothing to do with what that person's doing it's how I'm taking it because of the place that I'm in so feelings are weird Mm -hmm. feelings are weird yeah yes and feelings aren't facts but Lynn, going off of that like we've done a pretty good job like the three of us sometimes one of us will come in in a mood And instead Mm -hmm. of trying to like figure the person out, like we've been good at just saying like, Hey, this is where I'm at right now. Mm -hmm. Instead of trying to have to like guess and play, you know, play to someone's. Exactly. I must tell you that the relationship that I have with you two is the most honest, open, trusting one I probably had with anyone. I mean, anyone ever on the planet. And it's because we've learned how to communicate. And I know even if I do something shitty, 
that you're going to understand me and you're going to forgive me. You know, I've got to play my part in it and own it and apologize, but you guys love me. And that's, that's it. I, I think I finally truly understand about unconditional love. Right. And it's like, we're rooting for each other too. Mm-hmm. Like that's the part of the tribe that I think is so different than any other group of friends that I've had. Um, is this, this womanhood that is, we're, we're lifting each other up no matter what happens, no matter how awkward it gets or how weird it gets or how uncomfortable one of us gets, we know we're still being carried by each other. Right. Even in our, like you could like, what I think of is I think of when my kids were having a temper tantrum when they were little and you still love them. You know, you like hold them while they're kicking and screaming but you still love them. You don't necessarily, you know, you're trying to exit them from the situation because they're being disruptive. But it's like, right. I know if I'm going to have a temper tantrum in front of you guys, you guys are still going to love me. Uh, you're going to tell me what you think about it, but you're mm-hmm. not going to be... It's like, you're still rooting for me, no matter how... Uh, like, you've seen my ugly and you still love me anyways. And I've seen your ugly and I love you anyways. And it's like this... It's like this whole thing about, I don't know about you, but my first sponsor helped me learn how to love somebody and let somebody love me. And I feel like this is another level of that. Like this is a try relationship because we work together because this is a, you know, it's a working thing because we mm-hmm. have to do this podcast and stuff. But it's, you know, we we just, we're on the boat. We're row, row, row in the boat together and we're getting there no matter what. And sometimes someone's tired and puts the paddle down and the other two pick it up and, you know. Yep. Um, I'm going to cite my favorite woman on the planet, Brene Brown, when she was, um, one interview that I heard with her, I don't even remember, but she was talking about her and her husband. They have, she said, there's no such thing as a 50-50 in a relationship. Because no, there's not a single day where people come in equally with the same amount of energy and resources. And she said what she and her husband learned is like at the end of the day when they've got practices and dinner and all this other stuff to do, they get home from work and she said, I got about 20% today. And he goes, okay, I can, I can pick up the slack. Or he comes in and says, I, I really maybe 25%. She said, I've only got 25%. And then they go, okay, let's order out. They don't have to go to practice tonight. And they make a plan knowing that they don't have that. And I feel like that's what the three of us do. It's like, we're not all three on all the time when we're together. But we talk about it like Brie was saying, you come into the room and you go, I'm very sensitive today. So just ignore it and move on. And then, you know, I can just be in a funk. And by the end of the time that I spend with you guys, I'm usually out of that funk. Um, but that's, it's that communication piece that is so important and it's like the foundation. Well, it's, and it all goes to that piece of being able to tell someone how you feel and knowing that, trusting that they might not like it because I knew that Brie didn't like what I was saying in in that Mm -hmm. specific scenario, but I knew she would under, and I knew we weren't going to like I knew we would talk through it. I, I I had no doubt in my mind that we would get through it. It wasn't, you know, whereas when you're in those situations with other human beings, right? Mm-hmm. We would never get, I would never get to the conversation piece. I wouldn't no. be brave enough to get to the, I would just be like, fine. And I would run off and I would be mad and I would create, I would have that, that story in my head of what really happened. So then I wouldn't be friends with Lynn and I wouldn't be friends with, and I probably wouldn't be friends with Chelsea and I'd probably end up quitting the group, like mm-hmm. the, the WWPPG group. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's how 
I used to react because I, my feelings were hurt and I was embarrassed, you know? Right. I was a runner too. That's how, what did they say? Fear, face everything and recover or fuck everything and run. And I was a runner. I was yeah, um, fine. I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. I was either going to run or I was going to make it worse for you. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, digging in the heels and not ever admit I was wrong, which is so bad. <laughs> so bad. Well, and the thing I was just thinking about the word like pretender. And I just felt I was always, I just feel like with some people you pretend like you kind of get to be yourself, but then you kind of have to pretend you're not yourself and you can't be a hundred percent authentic. And sometimes like, honestly, you probably can't be a hundred percent authentic with everybody in your life and you probably shouldn't be right. There's a time and a place for everything. And if you're good at reading people and social cues, like good for you, like sometimes you have to know what to say and when to say it. But with us, like, yeah, it's nice to not always have to pretend, you know? Right. Yeah. We can be our our imperfect selves. And usually that's where the magic comes from. That's where the fun comes from. That's where the growth, that's where the growth for me comes from. Like getting the balls to have a conversation that I don't want to have because I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. But realizing that my my friendship with you guys is more important than my personal feelings of being hurt. It's like, I want to work on this because I don't want this to get yucky. And I think, Brie, that is what happened to you last year. Like, I seriously can't believe that you had relapsed and we we like were doing this podcast. I, I can only imagine how hard that was for you. I mean, I really... And you did it with such grace, but like just the whole piece of even that trying to maintain that I, I don't know there was still an integrity with with how you worked with us too even though that was happening you still came to the table and were honest about where you were at about you know as much as you could be in that frame of reference you still came and communicated and i think that's what kept this podcast so sacred to me when you did tell us what you did like it didn't even blip it didn't even blip on my screen like I was just like I was just like more like oh my god that must have been so hard for her that's exactly you know when we were talking earlier about the transgressions or whatever I was thinking about you Brie and when you waited so long to tell us because whatever you know those fears that we all have that you're disappointing that you're ashamed and we had none of that for you and never in a million years it was only concerned for how horrible the last six months must have been for you and I'm sorry you had to suffer through that that's all I could think of yeah because when like to be a pretender when you have sobriety and a program and people who care about you it is mm-hmm. I know but here's but, what's cool is even though you had that secret and this is what I think is important is you were still able to be true to what you were doing that day, right? So you had this one secret, right? But you were still trying to work a program. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know how that is sounds to anybody else, but I know that it's kind of like you kept showing up. It's kind of like when you work a fourth step and you don't know that you missed something on your fourth step, right? And then mm-hmm. later you find out that you missed something on your fourth step and you talk about it. It's, it's, it's that piece of we can only do what we can do today. 
We can like exactly what you were talking about with Brene Brown. I only have 25%, but that 25%, I'm going to be wholeheartedly here with you. Mm -hmm. you know? And that's what I was going to say about Brie. I think her showing up when, especially the work that we did with the podcast in the beginning, because we were all learning is it's a true example of being in the moment and being able to put that stuff aside and go, these people need me. I've made a commitment. I'm going to do this. And uh, you were a shining example of that. This is becoming like a raw, raw Brie, but I don't think you understand how much I admire <laughs> what you did, Brie. And I'll, I'll stop because I know it's uncomfortable, but it's it's true. I mean, bless bless your heart. <laughs> oh, don't say that. Uh, no, that's a good one. Oh, a, okay. Yeah, that was a good one. It's the tone. <laughs> it's the tone? Yeah. Okay, bless what's the shitty heart. tone? What's the um, shitty tone? Oh, bless his heart. And then what's the good tone? Bless your heart. Okay. All right. <laughs> we're, we're doing lots of blessings. Yes, we are. We have lots of blessings. We got we so many blessings. Oh, I was going to say when she was talking about the pretender thing, this is an interesting thing that I've seen come reemerge in my personality. So for years, you know, when I was younger, middle school, high school, even college, I was pretty, I don't, I, when I say uninhibited, I don't mean like I was throwing my clothes off at the drop of a hat, but you know, I danced, I laughed, I sang, I had fun and I didn't care what people thought because I was just in the moment and enjoying myself. And as I started getting all wrapped up in my disease long before I even started being a problem drinker, I was already dealing with anxiety and all this other stuff. I got really self-conscious and inhibited. I never danced. I never sang. And I've noticed just like in the last year that I've rediscovered that. And it makes me so happy to be going back to that person that I, that I am, that I'm able to pull back out of the closet. Woohoo. I, I was singing again today. So like, if you notice, I have my microphone. Uh -huh. I was singing, I was singing Tracy Chapman. And I even did a YouTube video on how to sing better. <laughs> <laughs> but this time I didn't tape it. I love it. <laughs> I would love to take voice lessons. That would be amazing. If I could have one talent, it would be probably to sing, like to be an amazing singer. One of my ex-boyfriends was a musician. Um, he actually had a degree in performing. He was a clarinetist, so he was classical music. But um, he had a decent singing voice only because he knew how to sing. He'd had lessons. And he helped me quite a bit. And I remember I was singing Liz Fair one day and he goes, you are so point on right now. And that's when we talked about, he said, you just always need to be an alto. Don't try to do anything else. That's when you get into problems. Stay in your range. Do, and I learned so much from him just from those few little things. It was kind of cool because I'd never been told any of those things. I didn't know. Like you said, unless you're formally um, taught, we just, we know what we hear and we try to mimic and our voices just aren't going to mimic everything we hear. You mean you can't do the whistle? The Mariah Carey whistle? And no. <laughs> I, think I want to hear I want to hear you sing a little bit sing a little ditty I'm not going to right now <laughs> I do though I sing um I will he did tell me one thing his mother was a piano teacher and she hated Mariah Carey because she bends her notes and I, I it took me forever to understand what bending a note is but when they go ooh, 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 she does that at the higher octaves and that's how she cheats and says you know she has all these octave range but really she's bending the notes so it's not a true range a little piece of trivia there 
That's mm-hmm. cool. A She's bit. a pretender. She's a pretender because she's sending <laughs> the notes. Right. I'm thinking about is that song uh, pretending? Who sings that song? I was thinking of Jackson Brown. Yeah, pretender. Yeah. yeah, Jackson Brown. Jackson Brown. So what's um how how are you doing it? Lynn, how are you staying sober? How am I staying sober? Well, I am living definitely one day at a time. Um, I, again, uh, lean on my gratitude a lot. And I think every day about how grateful I am that I have a job and I have a paycheck and I have a place to live and I have a group and I have you women and my tribe and access to meetings. And when I, honestly, I just haven't had a lot of... um, where I've been feeling down, uh, you know, I've been, I've been in a pretty good groove. I, it, part of me, like when I let myself, I'll think about how much I miss seeing people. And, and it's especially like when I talk to you guys, I'm like, God, I just wish we were all at the same table right now. And I just, I cut that off, you know, and I think I've talked about this before when I feel myself starting to spiral, I just stop it. I stop that thought. So it doesn't become an action, which I love to think about that. So that's um, kind of where I am with it. And I'm going to tell you a definition because I can't stand it. I have to. Uh, We were kind of talking about a couple of different topics and we decided just to go off the cuff. But I did look up the um, definition for sobriety. And it's thoughts and behaviors that are not influenced by intoxicants. And then it's a good level of mental health, those who live a balanced life. Ooh, intoxicants. Mm -hmm. So it could be Lysol. Just spray that shit down your throat, gargle with it. I was thinking about huffing it. Um, (laughs) Gasoline, you know, paint thinner, whatever you got around. Kill it in 30 seconds, class. Now, in 10 years, if anybody listens to this, I'll be like, what are these Lysol jokes about? (laughs) (laughs) But that's, that's the, I like that good level of mental health and a balanced life. And no, we're not balanced right now, but I think we're doing everything we can to try to to find some balance. And because I'm so much more intuitive with myself now, I actually listen to that inner voice and I trust it. Um, it, it makes it easier for me to be better balanced. It's always a practice. Balancing is tough right now. Sure well, enough. It's kind of interesting because my sponsor, I was talking to her and I was saying how um, something about came up about that word balance. And she said to me that, you know, um, I don't like that word balance. I don't think it's a realistic word. She said, I don't think anyone ever is balanced. And I think it's unrealistic to try to be balanced. And it kind of, I mean, really, it kind of reminds me about that Brene Brown thing because um, there is no 50-50. Right. And I guess... It's the ability for me when I'm hearing you guys talk and when I'm when I'm thinking about all this stuff, I'm thinking about instead of being balanced today, I think it's that being me today, just being here, like giving what I have instead of giving what I think needs to be right. needs to happen. Um, and, and I thought, I, I thought you were telling me to do like a blowjob no. thing. No, no, but that, <laughs> that is better. Um, no, I'm just agreeing. I think that's totally it. 
it's not it's not always trying to have everything <laughs> to have everything status quo. I'm not even going to tell our our wonderful listeners what's happening right now. <laughs> because Lynn is such a prude. She acts like she's a prude, but I imagine she's wild in the sack. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Yes, ladies. I okay. forgot what we left off on. <laughs> We're just on the blowjob tangent. <laughs> We're on the blowjob train. I remember one time this place I worked, uh, it was a lady's husband. I said, oh, is he getting a birthday blowjob? She goes, don't you ever tell my husband that. I'm like, isn't that, I mean, come on. <laughs> At least one year, once a year, give the dude a blowjob. Come on. And they're like, no. Wow. I thought that was funny. <laughs> they were shocked that I said birthday blowjob. Hey, she's already married. She doesn't have to do anything. That's <laughs> That makes me so sad. <laughs> That's because you haven't had to give one in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, once you have to give one, you'll remember they're not as fun as they once were. <laughs> You know, all I can think about, and I don't know why, but it's that Larry David episode where he has a pubic hair stuck in his throat. Someone told me to watch Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, yeah. My friend told me to watch Curb Your Enthusiasm, and she said I would really like it. Oh, you would love it. You would love it. It's so raunchy. It's like raunchy and wrong. And I mean, he is just (laughs) so funny. Yeah. So wrong. So wrong. So wrong. So Vic, what are you doing to stay sober? A lot of meetings. <laughs> like how many meetings do you go to a day? Well, I always go to the 8 a.m. and then the 8 p.m. for sure. Every single day because mm-hmm. I love the speaker meeting. And the 8 a.m. meeting has a really good sobriety and it has the most people from over the pond. Um, and just it's been the most regular. Um if I can, I go to the women's meeting at two. Um, but it just depends because Michelle mm-hmm. is the moderator for me. So we switch off. So when Michelle's moderating, I make sure that I don't so that I could do work. Um, you know, I'm tr- I'm trying not to go to meetings because honestly, I could go to a lot of meetings. So I usually go to the eight, the two and the eight. And sometimes I love the 6.30, the big book meeting. The big book meeting is really good. There's some really cool women in that meeting and and men. But there's just some of these rock star on fire with AA women in there that I just learn from. And I love, I love it. I love it. I mean, I've, I've learned so much about AA and this little bit here that I didn't know before. And not about the text and not about anything, but just about the connection that we all have. And it's really neat. It's really um, opened my eyes to a different side of my recovery that I didn't, I didn't used to let it in. I didn't let, I, I let the we in like the we was like a wee, wee, wee. A very little wee, you know, a little wee wee. But now, (laughs) (laughs) but now it's a big wee wee. (laughs) 
No, but the, 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 the same, what's so cool to me and what helps me is the, well, first of all, principles before personalities has come up a lot and I've really opened my eyes to, oh, well, that's not the only way to do it. Cause I Mm -hmm. used to think that the way my sponsor did the steps was the only way to do the steps. And I used to be very judgmental. Kind of like I remember when you used to talk about once you got your new sponsor that one time and you would be like, well, this is how you do it. Right. Who Um, who are you talking to? Yeah. Three. Three. Okay. Um, So, (laughs) and and I used to kind of get like that too. But what I've realized by meeting all these people around the world and hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people, the message is always the same. And it really is the basic tenets of the message. And however you do it, it's kind of like your personality. We all have different personalities. So we all have a different way of letting it speak to us and hearing it. And then how we absorb that information and then how we absorb that information can be different from year to year. Um, But I think what I've seen is the it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier, like rooting for each other, holding each other up, that AA people really do root for each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They really do. And and it's because someone did it for them. It's, it's, it's that pay it forward thing. And everyone says, oh, it's selfish. I only help you because it helps me. But really, it's, it, it's not. It's not selfish at all. It's, it's out of pure love. Like, it's out of pure gratitude that people help each other. Because I'll tell you that I've given my number to more people than I've ever given my number to in my life. And I used to be very much, oh God, I hope they don't call me. And I used to be very um, giving it out of obligation. But now when I see someone that's struggling in the room, I want to give it. Because especially these new people that are coming in these Zoom rooms, holy hard. Holy hell, you know, I couldn't even imagine. And I'm actually working with a girl in Minnesota. And, you know, we're working the steps together. And and it's funny because I, you know, I have had two sponsees when this first started. And one of them has kind of fallen off. I mean, obviously, I'm still there for her if she needs me. But I have the time to help another alcoholic. I'm gonna, mm-hmm. you know, and... um and I get to do a fifth step this weekend and I'm really excited about that. And, you know, we're going to do it safely and see how that goes. We're going to s- bring chairs and sit on the chairs in the field and, you know. Practice um, safe distancing. <laughs> uh-huh. So weird, but it's, I mean, the other thing that I'm doing is willing to go to any lengths. Mm-hmm. Willing to go to any lengths to keep, because when I feel that... Because I have been very, 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 very up and down. Like my lasagna noodle isn't a lasagna noodle anymore. It's a, it's a like a V. Uh, it's a pasta V or something. You know, it's just very up and down. And I can tell when I'm, I'm feeling it more so than other times when I'm feeling really unsettled. So I'm just very aware of of where I'm at. And and then I do something about it. And then I take action. So I guess that's how I'm doing it. The, the long version. Thank Blow you. jobs. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Blow jobs. Big wheeze. Big wheeze. <laughs> Brie, what about you, young lady? I 
I'm staying sober and I don't know. It's honestly, I mean, I don't know how I'm staying sober. I'm just doing what you guys tell me to do and I'm showing up where and whenever I can. You know, I'm going to meetings, of course, but I'm also, I'm working the steps. I have a fifth step tomorrow. I'm doing a fifth step. And I'm keeping my one sponsee accountable, trying to, you know, and making sure she doesn't fall off the face of the earth because these are hard times. So like, you know, we usually want our sponsees to reach out to us. I'm like been reaching out to her. Like I want her to know the group cares and their people mm-hmm. are here for her. And we're not just going to forget about her because we don't see her face a couple times a week anymore. Um, I think that's helped me a lot. Like feeling a response, like you said, Vicky, like feeling a responsible, a responsibility for other people. And I know it's not like, I know I can't keep anybody sober really, but just having like compassion for, and not even people in the program, like, do you guys ever have that where you're thinking about someone and you're thinking about them and you're thinking about them and then all of a sudden they reach out to you first and you're like, oh, that sucks. I wanted to message them, but I didn't. And so I've been trying to be more conscientious of other people in my life that I should reach out to, you know, like my aunt, my sister-in-law, friends that I, you know, outside of program that I haven't seen in a while, reaching out to my coworkers. You know, I got a couple coworkers who live alone don't have family anywhere around them, can't go see their family even if they did. And it's just about like calling them once a day during work and checking in, how's your day going? Making sure they're not falling into like an overwhelming pit of despair. So I think the meetings definitely continuing to do step work, check in with my sponsor, this podcast, still doing the podcast is helping me so much. Um, And I think a lot of sometimes what's keeping me sober too is because I have more time and more you know, I'm not spending time running two meetings and the actual commute mm-hmm. and making plans with friends and doing all of that. I've been able to read more, meditate more. And those things just make me a more centered, grounded person. Like I can't always be going, 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 meeting up with other people. I, I, my battery drains really fast. If any of you know me, I'll all of a sudden go from like happy to crabby in like 0.01 seconds. And so it's nice to just be able to do some self-care stuff that I normally would neglect like reading. I don't, besides the big book and our daily meditations and stuff, I don't think I've actually read a book for myself in like a year and a half. So I know. So it's been nice to be able to like pick up a book again, meditate. I mean, I take two baths a day. You guys are going to be like, holy crap. You're like, what's wrong with this world? No, that's amazing. Like I a ton of water, but I'm in the bathtub on my lunch break and at least once at night. I I don't know. That just keeps me sober. I don't know why. Cause it's like, it makes me happy. And then when I'm happy, I don't feel like I need to go get my happiness or my whatever from a bottle or from a puff of something. Mm -hmm. Well, that's awesome. So cool. I, I said this to um, Lynn earlier today. I found this quote that I wrote down in a book and it just kind of reminds me of this situation. And it says, challenge comes to make you, not break you. Mm-hmm. And um, by Iv- Ivana Van Zandt. And, um, and it's... It's just speaking to me this week. Challenge comes to make you not break you because this is, um, you know, that 
I, I posted that video of the Foo Fighters song that all these people did. And I, I don't know if I've ever talked about it, but I have a really hard time crying. Crying doesn't happen very often. My, you know, I wish I could cry sometimes. I'll, I'll watch sad movies on purpose and I still don't cry. Um, <laughs> it's like self-flagellation to make yourself cry. <laughs> <laughs> but I know I need to cry because it's healing. Feel better. I felt better today after I watched that video. But okay, so it reminded me of the feeling I got. You remember that Coca Cola commercial? Um, Teach the world to sing. Like to yeah, da 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 da. (laughs) Perfect harmony. I just got goosebumps thinking about that. And we are the world makes me think of that. And then this song makes me think of that. It's times like these we learn to give again. It's times like these. It's we have a chance right now to change the world because it's being changed for us, but we have a chance to do something with it. And it's, I think it's everybody's responsibility to do that. And I don't know how that's going to look or how that's going to be, but I know for me, I've been given an opportunity to do a lot of giving and Brie, I think I'm a lot like you. Sometimes I feel annoyed by giving. Like I was just saying, I don't really like to give my number out, but I do it anyway because I feel like I'm supposed to. But now, I don't know. I feel like God is asking me to come up to the table and he's asking every single one of us to come up to the table and to participate in this life that we have and to participate in the world and the healing. I feel like the healing it, it's an it's really an opportunity for us to actually make a change and make a difference and you don't have to be rich and you don't have to be famous and you don't have to be totally intelligent you can just have love and you can change it through love and i and i feel like that's what the calling is of the universe right now and i just hope i'm crying right now i just hope that we step up to that and we don't let all the yucky and all the insecurity and all our character defects take over that. I don't know. I completely agree. And I've mentioned a couple of times, I feel like this was our reset button for the entire world. And we are being given right now an amazing opportunity, not just for mankind, but for our environment. I mean, all of it we're given, we are being given on a silver platter, uh, a chance to do right, to do the next right thing as a race, as humankind, you know, as a species, let's do the next right thing. And it's, um, um, you know, I don't want to go back to that life before where I worried about getting from point A to B and there was no room to breathe in between. I'm going to certainly reevaluate everything I'm choosing to do. Right. The world still goes around. It's that I did this Mark Nepo reading. I don't know if it was yesterday's or today's. I did two of them, but the sun still shines, guys. Like, the the outside doesn't know that there's this thing going on. The robins are still being robins and building nests and the trees are still budding. Um, it's just us that are, you know, cooped up and we feel, but there's a reason. There's something that we can gain out of this. It's like this hi- hibernation that'll hopefully, that I'm hoping I'll be able to carry with me this um, sense of, appreciation, I guess. I don't know. Right. 
it's the gratitude always it always comes back to the gratitude doesn't it mm-hmm. always yeah this is some good stuff ladies yeah we were kind of all over the place today but it was I good i like it. i have some golden nuggets uh pretender um and that we we are not ever 100% authentic with all people all the time and that's that's kind of like i i equated that brie to thinking of freedom of speech unless you're going to harm someone else like you don't scream fire in a crowded movie theater that's how i think of it with authenticity some people don't need it or could handle it <laughs> we have to be aware enough self aware enough and as you said aware of social cues when that's just not necessary it's okay to kind of round those edges a little bit and that's always a good reminder for me because i don't always round my edges sometimes i go in just as a square with rough sharp edges <laughs> And the other one, um, Vicki, you were talking about a different way uh, to let in the message. Sorry, I have to turn my head. Um, How we hear it and how we let it in is different for every single person, but it's still the basic tenets of AA. And that's like what they tell us in the beginning about our higher power. We all, all have to have the same idea of what a higher power is. Just understand that there's something bigger than us. And then that leads you to that next level of acceptance and, and moving forward in action. And that's totally true with hearing a message. And, and we say this all the time. It's like we've met these people from all over the world, and yet we all still speak the same language. And it's just so cool. I, I've got goosebumps now. That that really just blows my mind and makes me it makes me happy and secure and safe when I when I think of it that way. That's all I got. Bree. Um, my golden nuggets were also just revelations about um, being authentic. And I just like the whole Brene Brown thing where I just, my golden nugget is just the gratitude for having people you can be honest with and be like, hey, I'm at this percent today. And then your group carries you or your significant other carries you. And that's, if you have that, that's like a beautiful thing. And if you don't have it, um, you know, keep coming back and trying to find it. And yeah, I know you have to know when to, um, who to be off, you know, when to say what to say around some people, you know, you gotta sometimes be careful, but you also, what do they say? Your energy attracts like energies too. So like, if you speak your truth, um, you'll naturally find other, hopefully find other people who hear that and are attracted to that. And that's kind of how you, build your tribe. That wasn't really, we didn't talk about that, but that just came to me. But, um, and then Vicki, just what you were saying about being compassionate right now, when we have an opportunity to change and, you know, giving more of ourselves right now, even if just giving, I shouldn't even say giving more, just like opportunities to serve or just to be there for somebody else right now. Small changes make a big difference. Mm -hmm. My golden nugget was from you, Brie, reaching out to others, being the one that reaches out, right? Being the one that um, mm-hmm. thinks about someone and calls them or or just shows up for them or lets them know I'm thinking about them because we're, we're all in the same boat and it's it's real easy to hide under the covers. Yeah, it real is. Real easy. Luckily, we all don't have a Frodo under our blankies to hide with <laughs> or a busy. Yeah, it's hard to come out when you got a cuddle buddy. I know. Sometimes. 
for sure. I think that's all, ladies, isn't it, for episode 51? 51. That's pretty okay. impressive. It is. We're, we're on the other side going to 100. Woo. I do want to say thank you to that lady, Nancy Joe, because she keeps giving us all kinds of props on the interwebs, and it's super uh-huh. sweet of her. Thank you, Nancy Joe. Yeah. Thank you, Nancy Joe. So um, be well, be safe, be kind to yourself and others. Try about. Try about. <laughs> All right. So. Um, oh, wait. I got to put my eggs on ice. She probably. Put your had, eggs on ice, Lenny. You're planning on having <laughs> she, probably made, she probably Where's made. She probably made. What do you call it? Hard boiled eggs. I would actually probably freeze my eggs. You don't freeze them. You just put them on ice so that then they don't cook anymore and get too overcooked. No, I meant like my salad tomorrow. Like my woman eggs. Oh. Her her ovarian eggs. That's what I thought. When she goes, I got to put my eggs on ice. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're going to have a, going to go find your man and have a baby. Honey, those eggs are so dried up. (laughs) Well, then I said, I would actually probably freeze my eggs. Like, yeah. I don't think it's a bad idea. If you should, you should do it now while you're still young. Yeah, do it now. And then if I don't need them, sell them. Yep. Have a little little breezy cheesies running around all over the world. Who knows where? Yeah. Ah, sorry, you're an alcoholic. (laughs) (laughs) You come from a long line. It's okay. I think there's some ethical thing in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Ethic schmetics. Thank you so much for listening to Telling on Ourselves. You can please rate, review, subscribe at Apple Podcasts or any of your podcast platforms. And don't forget to look for us on Facebook or Instagram at Telling on Ourselves. <laughs>